Oh, sorry. I think someone's cutting onions downstairs. Woo! All right, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Welcome to New Church Online. My name is Jesse. Good to be here with you. We've been in the book of James, but I believe God put something in my heart this week that's a little different. I want to speak to dads and really to anyone dealing with fear in your life of any kind. I recently became a dad of an adult for the first time, uh, though it doesn't seem that long ago that I became just a dad for the first time. And you know you're getting older when you start saying things like, it goes by so fast, because it does. I was having breakfast with my friend John Swan years ago. My kids are littles, I'm a youth pastor, life's a little crazy, I'm trying to figure it all out, trying to be present with my family. Uh, and John just says, hey listen, the days are long but the years are quick. The days are long but the years are quick which sums it up pretty well. It also tells us what we're working with. We have these containers of time, chapters of, you will, will, chapters of time that we live in and we create and we write story. And they can feel really long and daunting when you're in the middle of them. But before you know it, the chapter is over and you're on to the next one and you can't go back. You can't edit the past, but you can rewrite the direction of the future by focusing on today. Jesus says in Matthew, God knows your situation and he's God and he's really smart. So do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient the day is for its own trouble. And as a dad, the day to day can be scary stuff. When I was driving to that hospital those 18 years ago to finally find out who my son or daughter was going to be, I was definitely scared. I was young, so I was also naive, which was my main strength, but I was, but I was scared. It's a big deal. Same with the next two kids. My boys came along. Man, I can't do this, God. I can't be a dad. I can't afford it. I'm not ready for socks and sandals. Help me. I'm wildly unqualified, God. I can't do this. You ever say those words to yourself? I can't do this. Maybe it's what comes into your head every morning when you wake up. I can't do this. I can't do this again. I can't do this anymore. Maybe it's over work or a conflict you have. Maybe it's a relationship with a husband, wife, son, daughter. I can't do this. Maybe it's how you feel about following Jesus. It's just, you're just feeling beaten down. I can't do this. I can't do this. And as I thought about it, the only thing that comforted me was I eventually came around to thinking that, well, if God wants my daughter to live, he's going to have to jump in and help me. And I was pretty sure that he was already in love with Bella. So maybe I did have a chance. Maybe I did have a chance knowing that God would be with me. And maybe I can do this. Because here's the thing with God. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.27. But God chose the foolish things of the world. That's me. The foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world, me again, to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things, I can go as low as anyone, and the despised things, definitely had a few girlfriends that felt that way about me, and the things that are not, if there are things that are not, I am one of them, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. God is not looking for a complete package when he brings you into his story. He doesn't call the qualified into his story, into greater purposes. He qualifies those he calls in. He makes good dads out of humble, broken followers. You can do this. You can do this, dads. This is a great story in the Old Testament. Great Sunday school story, but uh, often as adults as well, uh, called David and Goliath. 
And I'm not going to do all the context. I think many of you are familiar with it, but there's this war going on between two nations, and they're going to settle it by this match against one guy, Goliath, called combative warfare. And uh, the winner of that match, you know, the other guys kind of go home. So there's a situation happening, and David, our, our, our hero, he steps up. He's like, I'll do it. I'll fight that guy. I'll fight, I'll fight the giant. And the giant sees David come at, coming at him, and it goes like this. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag, taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. So David charges this, this giant, this really big, mean, scary warrior. And David was not an idiot. David was not reckless. David was not naive. He was faithful, meaning he was full of faith. Was Goliath someone to be afraid of? Absolutely. Absolutely. You had an entire army posted up on David's side with, with gifts and resources and strengths and skills and God, all just standing around talking, complaining, building up fear amongst one another. David's like, I'll go. I'll go. I'll charge. Some of you know I lived in Hawaii for a number of years after high school. Our daughter was actually born there, uh, Bella, 18 years ago. And I love surfing, uh, still do, and it was a big part of my life then, and would, would just get out as much as I can, and was trying to learn to surf big waves, or at least bigger waves, and Hawaii has some of the biggest, gnarliest, awesome waves in the world. And I remember a few times being out, and the swell's coming in, and it just starts to pick up. You're comfortable with it for a little while, and it starts getting bigger, and it starts to stretch you, and then it just starts coming in, and you're like, man, this is exciting, but I am terrified. And there are a handful of occasions where I can remember specifically just sitting out there and starting to paddle further and further out as the swells on the horizon got larger and larger. And I'm not even trying to catch waves at this point. I'm just trying to survive. And I don't even know how I'm going to get in. I can't do it. I think I'm just going to sit out here, pee my pants, and then drown. That's it. That's my story. That's my life. Put that on the, on the tombstone. He peed his pants and drowned in Hawaii. But at some point, like, I don't really want to go out like that. I've seen others get in. I'm seeing others surf. I can do it too. I'd muster all my strength and courage, pee my pants, and paddle into the smallest giant wave I could find. And when you're out there, it's, it's part fear. There is a fear to it because it's serious. You could get hurt. But there's a faith element to it that's like, this is not the end of the story. I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to die here today. Was fear of failure a reason for David not to charge? 
Not a chance. I don't think it was. He didn't carry that. He was going to go. David felt fear, but practiced faith. David felt fear, but practiced faith. Too many of us feel fear and practice fear. Maybe we pray and we hope, but then we complain and worry and sow negativity and stress. And not just into ourselves, but to others. We can pray in faith, but your life looks a lot like and sounds a lot like fear. When we sit around and just talk about our problems, we give life to them. Don't talk about the problem. Talk about the promise. Don't talk about the problem. Talk about the promise that God doesn't send us into battles to be ruined, but to be strengthened. God doesn't send us into battles to be ruined, but to be strengthened. He's called fathers not just to have faith, but practice faith. To live a life that we can do this because God can do this and God is with me. We need to model that to our kids and friends and neighbors and people on social media. That when others look at your life, they're inspired because they see the peace of God all over you despite external circumstances. Because you don't put your faith in the economy or the government or the CDC, you put your faith in the living God. And I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what your fears are, big or small. Or if you're like me, it's something small that you've made really big. But let's be the kind of people who inspire others with our faith and words and actions and love. And if you are stuck right now, you are just stuck and terrified, go ahead and pee your pants. Get that out of the way. Then call a friend. Call me if you need to. Here's my number. Have them pray for you and let's move forward together. Because we can do this. Because God can do this. God, thank you for this morning for who you are. I pray a blessing right now over those struggling that they would have a faith greater than their fear. Lord, help us to call out our fears and then call you into our lives. Thank you for who you are, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, thanks for hanging out. Don't forget your kids. Have a good Father's Day. Peace.